Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Leela. And we, we are, are Both and. and. A podcast dedicated to giving a voice to the multiracial experience in America by discussing relevant topics in a safe place. Happy Multiracial Monday, everyone. How's it going? How you doing? Today, we are talking about allyship. Allyship. Beth, yeah. what is this? Why are we talking about it? Well, we've been talking about allyship a lot throughout the season in lots of different ways, but I've been noticing personally that different people have been either not being allies or they've been discouraged because they don't know how to be an ally. And so I thought it was important that we devoted an entire episode on allyship, like what that means, what that looks like in practical ways. Mm -hmm. Um, It hopes that it can encourage people, but also I think you and I have a unique experience being both half majority and half minority that we can kind of talk about it from a couple different angles. So let's jump right in. All right. What would you say makes a good ally? I think some of the things from my own experience, both as trying to be an ally and someone asking for an ally, and what I've read, I would say an ally is someone who's committed to understanding the suffering of another person Mm -hmm. and who lends their privilege to support them in trying to minimize the amount of oppression they experience, but still recognizing that the person you're supporting, you don't necessarily have those same experiences Mm -hmm. but still being committed to fight alongside them yeah and something we should probably clear up right at the start is that anybody can be an ally to anybody to anybody i think a lot of people and like a lot of resources you'll find online is about how to be a white ally Mm -hmm. and i'm happy when i see those resources because it makes me think there's a need for them like there must be a lot of Google hits of like, how do I be a white ally? That is good, but any person of any color can be an ally to another people group that is oppressed or mm-hmm. facing a struggle or a difficulty. Or even I've thought about my able-bodiedness. Yes. Uh, I didn't even realize. I love Fran- Francesca Ramsey, and she's on YouTube. She's a YouTuber. She has a book out now, but she. Um, did she's done a video on allyship she's also done a video on privilege mm-hmm. and through that video I realized I have able body privilege yeah. man you know, I can't tell you how many bathrooms I go in now and I'm like this bathroom is not big enough so for somebody who is not able body right you know and that that could be anybody so we can use the privileges we have mm-hmm. whatever they may be to help another person and or and people group Yeah, I mean, even going off the able-bodied thing, I was thinking about, like, and they don't have to be large acts. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes I even struggle not knowing how to be an ally. So, for instance, I had a very awkward encounter at my primary care physician's office. So I went for my yearly physical, Mm -hmm. and my primary care physician is Indian. And I grew up in a very diverse area outside of D.C., have, Mm -hmm. like really close Indian friends. I'm very comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I know sometimes different Indian doctors will face stereotypes of like, oh, like, I don't want them as my doctor. Like, I want a white doctor. And I know that is like uh, a difficulty. And she was also a woman. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, gosh, double minority, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like, really smart, great doctor. I love it. But we were talking and it was my first visit with her. And I was like, oh yeah, like, are you from this area? Like, where are you from? She's like, no, my husband's originally from Pittsburgh. And I was like, oh, I have lots of friends from Pittsburgh, blah, blah, blah. Like, where are you from? Because I was like, oh, like, maybe she's from somewhere and we can like 
make small talk about that. Mm -hmm. And she kept kind of evading it. And so I wasn't pushing it. And then I realized, oh, no, she's probably from India and is really uncomfortable talking about that. Mm. And I don't want to make her uncomfortable if she thinks, like, I'm going to drop her as a PCP Mm -hmm. for not being American or for being an immigrant or naturalized Mm. citizen or whatever. And I was like... I don't care. You're a good doctor and yeah. I'm comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh no, like I'm not doing a good job at being an ally right now. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I need to do some grand gesture to make it better. <laughs> and so it's been like, like in my mind of like, how do I make my memory care physician know that I'm okay with her? Cause I'm like, you know, those times when you're like, just act normal, Beth. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, what is normal again? Like, what do I do with my hands? How do I normally sound? You take your hands, you put them under your armpits, and you hold them there, and now you're being normal again. So next time you do see Do I do her... that normally? No. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that was a reference to Superstar. <laughs> but um, I was listening to another podcast, just of storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and this one guy was sharing his experience. He has a daughter with cerebral palsy, and she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, like, so going to the store is a hassle. Like, even going to the grocery store, because sometimes people will leave carts in mm-hmm. handicapped spots and so it takes us longer like we either can't park there mm-hmm. um and it is a process of getting her out of the car and in the wheelchair which is why those spots are more convenient yeah so then errands don't become exorbitantly long tasks yeah. and he goes and or some people will like park in them and be like oh it doesn't matter like i'm just running in real quick mm-hmm. and i was like a good way to be an ally and support that is just move a cart out of the handicapped spot if you see it there mm-hmm. or don't park in the handicapped spot if you're not <laughs> like if you don't have that handicap pass yeah and I was like, and that just gave me that light bulb moment of, oh, being an ally doesn't always mean having these big mm-hmm. grand gestures or attending every march that month or yeah. whatnot. Like, there are so many ways to be an ally. Mm-hmm. And it's just important that you connect and support the people that you care about. Yeah, that is so true. And I love that because <laughs> I, I think a lot of the discussions I've had with people whenever it comes to these type of topics is I hear the excuse of like, well, I have my own life to live. I have my own things to do. And it's because people think it's a big grand gesture. Mm. You got to go to all the marches. You have to post about it on Facebook. You have to do this, this and that. And or you have to be political about it all yeah, the time. Nope. That's, that's one form of allyship. But not the only form. Yeah. But before we even jump into doing those things and getting to that point... People, everybody needs to come to terms with their own personal privilege. And we read this article about the anatomy of an ally from tolerance.org. And I love this quote that says, Acknowledging personal privilege isn't enough. When trying to become a better ally, self-education should come first. Yeah. And, And that's in so many realms. First, recognizing your own privilege Recognizing implicit biases, biases, biases. I've heard it both ways. Yeah. (laughs) Recognizing (laughs) those in yourself. And also if you, when you're doing that in that Mm -hmm. process, if you notice you have some white guilt, if you feel that you have to identify it, you have to overcome it and do some own, your own personal healing there because you cannot get into this. I don't want to call it a fight. (laughs) You can't get into this movement yeah with that pain Mm. because it just sets yourself back i think it's self-defeating and it hurts others yeah so there's a lot of 
introspective work that needs to be done first Mm -hmm. before you can then start learning about the issues of and this can happen simultaneously it doesn't have to be like years and years and years of this but like (laughs) before you start learning about the issues of the people that you care about and the problems that affect those communities and then jumping in to help there if you're not good with yourself it's just it's gonna cause more trouble than good in my personal opinion i agree um i think that's important like dismantling discomfort with your privilege before being an ally because that can be a barrier and mm-hmm. that can be a, a paralyzing almost in some allyship situations of thinking oh no like like even going to the airport like one of my really good family friends like she's afghani mm-hmm. and so we flew together somewhere and at like she was a little embarrassed or like nervous going through security and i was like i can't feel guilty about being waved through because mm-hmm. i look different than she does mm-hmm. but i need to be patient and supportive of her like through her anxiety through the security line yeah. and like cuz the focus shouldn't be on my guilt mm-hmm. the focus is on getting her through this experience so we can get to where we were going safely yeah and sometimes that guilt is just so Like, I understand why it's there and what we've talked about with American society and stuff. So I understand why it's there, but it's toxic to everyone. Mm -hmm. And we don't want anybody hurting (laughs) in this fight, in this way. Like, there's just so much pride to be had in all cultures and all experiences. And we want people to tap into that. Because I think that's just a better way to live life. Yeah, it's healthier. It's definitely healthier. Yeah. So step one of being an ally, (laughs) do all that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, step one, like, learn to accept yourself mm-hmm. and your privilege. Yeah. Because, again, and I will say it on every episode if I have to, <laughs> privilege isn't inherently bad just because you have it. It's how you use it. How you use it. Yeah. And so part of being an ally is using your privilege to support others. Mm-hmm. And I think another good question is, what am I willing to lose? I've read that in a couple different articles that Mm -hmm. we've been reading of, as an ally, yes, you have privilege, but it's kind of like, what are you willing to spend it on? Are you going to spend it on yourself? Are you going to spend it on somebody else? Mm -hmm. You know, like how much cash you have in your pocket? Are you going to buy yourself something pretty? Or are you going to buy something to make someone else happy? Yeah. Um, And sometimes allyship does mean a sacrifice but it doesn't have to be a big personal sacrifice Mm -hmm. sometimes it means like having that tense conversation with the coworker, or like not laughing at their like somewhat racist joke by the water cooler Mm -hmm. or it could be stepping out there talking to management and asking an establishment to put ramps in so somebody can get into their business easily Mm -hmm. because it's you could that's just an easy way you can like step out and I mean it's easy for me I'm an extroverted person I'll talk to anybody about anything but I could see how it could also be a sacrifice of you're not just going into an establishment enjoying it and leaving you were looking at it and recognizing that hey there's a problem here and if I use my voice if I use my privilege we could make it better for everybody yeah no I like that I think I agree with you because I think just because there are issues, that doesn't mean... Like, if you go into a restaurant and you see, like, oh, hey, like, the automatic button for, like, to open for a wheelchair isn't working, Mm -hmm. that's not like, ah, like, shut down the restaurant. It's just like, oh, hey, like, excuse me, your button outside's not working. You should get that. You might want to, like, get that fixed before tomorrow. Yeah. Or just be, like, 
just so you know, so you can fix it. And it's not like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this restaurant's the worst. Like, just yeah. because there's <laughs> one issue or several issues, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the whole thing is corrupt. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are afraid to speak up because there's that sensitivity mm-hmm. regarding different diversities and what it looks like um, to support different initiatives or different mm-hmm. people. So our one of our favorite websites that we found was guidetoallyship.com, which has so much good information yeah. in it and it has of course listicles which are super fun <laughs> and easy the do's and don'ts of allyship mm-hmm. and something they note is being an ally doesn't necessarily mean that you 100 percent understand what it feels like to be oppressed it just means that you are taking on the struggle as your own and we can do that by being open to listening mm-hmm. being aware of implicit biases uh, doing our own research to learn more about the history of the struggle in which you are participating. And I think that's a big one. Yeah. That is a huge one. I think as a multiracial person, I'm okay with sitting down with somebody who doesn't understand something and talking through it. At least at this point in my life, I mm-hmm. am. I have friends who are exhausted about talking about the issues. Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> because they've been around for so long. There are so many resources online. And instead of somebody looking up institutional racism they want you to give them the whole history as of right now i'm okay still doing that but like you literally you have the power of the world (laughs) at your fingertips do your research please well and like if you if you see that someone doesn't want to have the conversation i would encourage you not to be discouraged by that or feel put off or shut down you may want to throw some empathy their way and realizing you like Like we talked about last time on racial identity development, this person has been facing the issue of race for the majority of their life, and Mm -hmm. you're kind of just coming into this, and you are welcome, but know that some people are tired, and and some people may be burned out, maybe for a long period of time, maybe for a short period of time. And so if you're talking to people and they're burned out, don't stop. Just mm-hmm. meet, just recognize like they need some space. Yeah. And so find other people, find other resources. You are welcome to DM us or tweet mm-hmm. at us or email us. Yep. And we would love to help point you to different resources. Just so like respect when people are burned out, mm-hmm. but don't stop researching. And I think even when it when you encounter those people who probably aren't as open to talk about it, you're doing yourself a big favor when you jump into that conversation or those relationships, having already done the inner work to figure out a way to acknowledge how you participate in oppressive systems. Mm-hmm. It's not only acknowledging the oppressive systems, but how you participate in them. Mm-hmm. That is, you have to do that. Yeah. Like, it's so important. And then also... Once you figure out that inner work, then do the outer work. And so figure out how to change different systems, whether it's as big as trying to um, install a ramp at your place of work mm-hmm. um, or have your coworkers not tell racially charged jokes mm-hmm. or something as small as like calling maintenance to fix the button that's broken on the door to automatically open a door like mm-hmm. they don't have to be big things or visible or public things but like any outer work is good contribution it's a good place to start and when it comes to the bigger things like trying to get your police system to change or like do new training or mm-hmm. anything like that is bigger than just you taking an action i promise you there is already an organization out there and mm-hmm. established that is doing the work that you can jump into and they already have good ideas they've already thought through a bunch of things all this stuff that you don't have to do on your own yeah, oh, yeah. so remember that 
being an ally doesn't mean you are now an outsider in a new group. Mm-hmm. Like, being an ally, one, you're not the only ally. Yeah. And so you can be assured in that to know that, like, there are other people working alongside you. And mm-hmm. even though you may not be part of this group inherently, like, they will welcome you in and you can work alongside it. So don't think you have to do all this by yourself. As you do work with these other people and work alongside them, um, there are some things you are going to want to avoid. So here are some of the don'ts that Guide to Allyship lists out. So don't expect to be taught or shown every single time. Like we said, some people are burned out or recognize when you move through the beginner stage to the intermediate stage that sometimes you need to take initiative and use these tools around you to learn or Mm -hmm. answer your own questions. And even just, (laughs) this is such a big point for me. I think sometimes when you're just in relationship with the people and the communities that you care about, a lot of the stuff you just pick up from being in relationship, being in community with those people. Yes, that is an important point. Allyship comes through relationship. Mm-hmm. So as much as we loved Lila's Lyft driving story <laughs> last week, don't just go around yelling at people being like, I support you, because they may be very put off by that if they have no idea who you I are. I know who you are. <laughs> so yeah, allyship is most effective in relationship. Mm-hmm. So another thing we want to avoid is participating in oppression Olympics. And we've talked about this a little bit on previous episodes where you Mm kind of have this one-upmanship of like, well, I was oppressed this way. Or, well, you know what? Just because I have privilege, I was raised poor. And blah, 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 blah. We're we're getting caught up (laughs) in these little things. Everybody has some form of oppression somewhere in their lives. We're not going to do a comparison. Comparison is, is the thief of joy. It doesn't help us. It doesn't advance us forward. No. We gotta move yeah forward it's it's unproductive it's how we get stuck mm-hmm. and discouraged yes it's not how we empower one another to invoke change mm-hmm. also don't behave as though you know best so picture it like you're going over to your best friend's house mm-hmm. and like yes you're welcome and you're comfortable and you know where the glasses are and the cabinets and you can make yourself at home but at the end of the day, it's not your home. So in the same way that like people tell me stories of like, yeah, like my mother-in-law comes over and she like rearranged my kitchen and I can't <laughs> stand it. Like in the same way, like don't go thinking that you are now the leader. You are the expert on this topic. Mm. And it's tempting. Like sometimes um, when I'm in different racial groups and there aren't any black people present and the different conversation goes in a not so great way i get defensive and want to be like no like here are all the things i know this is my husband's experience but again that's the key phrase like this is my husband's experience this isn't my experience i'm not an expert on black oppression Mm -hmm. um and so i am an ally and so i can use my privilege to help speak and hopefully educate and bring different perspectives Mm -hmm. but i can't go in and tell people like this is what's up or let alone tell a black person like no this is really your experience because oh yeah that's not good relationship building no that's rude (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also it leads to another don't of do not assume that every member of a marginalized group feels oppressed and so i think the last thing is making sure to not take credit for the labor of those who are marginalized and did the work before you stepped into the picture. Mm-hmm. So don't assume that just because, like, you're going to get a gold star for everything. Like, yeah. when it comes to dismantling systems of oppression, like, this is hard work 
and affirmation and gold stars mm-hmm. are few and far between, if yep. at all. Yeah. Um, and so don't be discouraged by that, but also make sure to, that that's not your expectation of like, oh my gosh, guess what? Like, mm-hmm. I told my coworker that that joke wasn't funny because it was kind of racist. Like, where's my gold star? Mm-hmm. Um, like, that probably isn't going to come, but... So make sure that your motivation is internal and not external. Yeah. And make sure, I don't know if we said this before, but there, there needs to be a certain level of commitment when it comes to allyship. Yeah. Because this is a marathon. It is a marathon that has spanned generations. Yes. And we don't see the finish line just yet. So. But the it, work is so important that we, we got to keep moving it forward. Yes, ma'am. 100% agree. Yeah. So definitely check out guidetoallyship.com, you guys. It That's has great. a lot of a lot of great information there. We just covered the surface level of it. One thing we do want to talk about when it comes to being an ally is being an internal ally. Yes. And an ally in your spheres of influence. Yes, exactly. Like I think Lila mentioned this earlier, a lot of people assume that allyship only extends to the white community, mm-hmm. but like we need allies across the board. This needs to be like an interconnected web yeah. of like white allies and minority allies, of able bodied allies and disabled bodies. Mm-hmm. And also like within minority communities, I think you and I were talking about this earlier this evening of like, we've been noticing that there's been a lack of allyship across minorities Mm -hmm. and it's kind of gone into this tribalism of everyone's retreating into their corners and their spheres of safety, which in the racial identity development model we talked about last time is like stage two. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, um, it's, it's regressing. You're right. And so it's important that you and I also follow these do's and don'ts mm-hmm. for like one another, yeah. for how we support Will, for how we support our other friends of different racial backgrounds and heritages. Mm-hmm. These allyship rules extend to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's something we have to, I I don't know if it's the best term, but I like the term self-policing. Mm-hmm. Like just checking yourself and your community, the people that you love and trust and they love and trust you. Like, if everybody just did that, there would be such a change in the world. Or just, like, even not just the people you love and trust, but the people you encounter on a daily basis. Um, we've been using the example of a racist joke that you hear in the office. Yeah, like, it's because that's my experience at work. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, it's like, yeah, and so I have a coworker who makes some ignorant jokes and comments, and so I have to be like, I don't get it. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's funny. Yeah. And that's not a fun role to play all the time. Mm-hmm. Um... But, but it's important because yeah. if you don't say it, who would? Like Exactly. Um, or if there are, if you're in a situation where there's lo- locker room talk, as it's been called, just let's just call it what it is, degrading talk towards women, and you're a male and you hear it and you don't agree with that, what a powerful thing it is to go up to a group of guys or a guy and say, hey man, that's not cool. Like you need to respect that person. You need to this, this, and that, you know, that is, that's a powerful thing. And that's a step in the right direction. Even if those people don't agree with you in the moment, at least somebody somewhere along the line said, "Uh uh-uh, not cool. (laughs) Like, yeah, we're not doing that. So I super respect how Germany as a country handled 
moving on and moving forward after World War II Mm -hmm. and, like, how they have educated people about the Holocaust and how that's so bad and, like, owning that dark part of their history and making it redemptive. Yeah. And so there was a story about, like, a soccer match or football match, if you're European, um, (laughs) going on. anybody but American. (laughs) And, yeah, right. Um, One of the German fans made the Heil Hitler salute, and Mm -hmm. all these other fans were like, no, not okay, and, like, (laughs) kicking him out of the stadium even before the security officers got there. And that form of self-policing of saying, like, I see that that's okay, Mm -hmm. and you and I look the same, and you and I are from the same cultural group, and that has no place here, Mm -hmm. of being like, I'm going to nip this in the bud now. And so sometimes it needs to be jarring and Mm -hmm. saying, like, drawing that hard boundary, and other times... Um, if you're in relationship with a person, it needs to come out of a place of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the example of the locker room, like, how powerful would it be if you had your friend and, like, pulled them aside and in a loving way, like, talk to them about it and, like, hey, like, that's really disrespectful and I want you to kind of think about how you view women and, like, mm-hmm. what this reflects because, like, humor has truth to it. Why do you think comedians joke about politics all the time? Yep, you know, yeah. like, so, like, watch that. And so I don't think allyship has to always be these hard, like, degrading stances, but mm-hmm. they can also, like, this self-policing can be done out of a place of love. Yeah, but it's almost like, too, when you do degrade somebody in that way, in or in any way, mm-hmm. when there's any form of degradation, like, you were, in a way, hurting yourself. Like, you may not realize it or feel it at the time, but either you're raising yourself up to a level that is unjustified and will therefore be harmful when you eventually fall, mm. or you are you don't realize how you're lowering yourself down in self-deprecating ways or in mm. ways that are just harmful to self-esteem yeah. to and to your paradigm of the world, to how you interact with others. So, like, stopping somebody in that ultimately like it helps the community but it helps them as well yeah i don't know if this is true to your experience but as a biracial woman who's half white i find that i can empathize with some of my white friends really well so for instance i have two co-workers specifically one's a white female and one's a white male and my white female friend she and I both um have counseling backgrounds and she's like a really supportive ally mm-hmm. of both the multiracial and the minority community of lots of different communities yeah and so um my white male co-worker wants to be an ally but some but hasn't done the like research and education mm-hmm. or been exposed to diverse experiences and so sometimes like he'll make comments about how like he feels rejected mm-hmm. by minority cultures and i can empathize with that mm-hmm. but and so because i have that half white perspective yeah. that's where that empathy comes in and that's where um but then my half asian side my half minority side can also understand why he was experiencing that rejection mm-hmm. and so i can bring that both in mentality and present it to him and be like hey like you know what that was really hurtful and that probably wasn't the right response but like here I'm going to encourage you to be the bigger person mm-hmm. and not withdraw your allyship just because, like, this person acted out of a place of hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I can provide that perspective. And so I think as a multiracial community, we have three communities we can self-police in. Mm-hmm. We just ra- in a racial category, oh, right? Yeah. Like, our two different racial categories and the multiracial community as mm-hmm. a whole. Um, and so I think 
that that gives so many opportunities yes. to help support different people because you know what like sometimes my heart goes out to my white male co-worker I know shocker right <laughs> <laughs> of being like I see you wanting to help and not knowing how and like that sucks mm-hmm. so let me help you and I'm gonna hold you accountable in the way that you help but like I also can empathize with you like that it's hard mm-hmm. like being an ally isn't always easy and it's not glamorous but oh, no. it's yeah. worth it you know yeah definitely worth it i would say um and i've had similar experiences usually on i've had like some in person for sure but i see a lot online because mm-hmm. i'll just scroll through twitter and it is hurtful to me like and i could see how it is hurtful to others too when a a white person genuinely asks a question and they get shot down. Like the fires just come out and people yeah. are just like so abrasive yeah. to people who are seeking information. And this may be like the first time they ever tried to speak get up. that. Yeah. To speak up and to like just be helpful in the cause. And when somebody is thrown down so fast at times you're doing more damage than just throwing a web link their way because all of a sudden somebody who wanted to be a part of the cause and maybe their heart wasn't in the right place in the first place i don't know but somebody who wanted to make a change now feels their own hurt hurt people hurt people like they so then they have a reason to say like well you know what i tried to do this i tried to help but i was attacked because i'm white and therefore that's when we get this whole reverse racism language and all this like other bull that just doesn't advance the cause it just gets people stuck so that i i definitely empathize in that and it frustrates me to see that and i think that's where i try to step in and say like hey hey hey, this here look at this do this (laughs) your questions are valid and they're good questions here's a place you can find the answers Yeah, and it's tempting. It's real tempting. Like, when Will comes home and tells me something he's encountered that day, like, like, I want to throw hands. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like, I want to go after these people. Yeah. But I also know that that's not the most productive way to handle the situation. Yeah. Um, Grace is so important uh, (laughs) on both sides in all situations. (laughs) It is hard, but But, it's so important. Yeah. And so I hope you've been encouraged um in different ways and knowing that like there are tangible whether no matter how big no matter how small mm-hmm. um allyship is like there are tangible ways that you can contribute and like don't lose heart like we recognize it's easier said than done mm-hmm. but it still needs to get done yeah and so we're here to help support that so our question of the week talking about all this wonderful stuff is we want to hear from minority communities we want to know what can an ally do? What's one small tangible thing? We're not asking for the big things. We're not asking for the marches. Like we know, we know about those, but what is one small thing um, somebody brand new to this can do to support your community? What, what is it? Let us know. And majority listeners of any kind of majority status, what is something that encouraged you? What's one of your takeaways from this episode? We'd love to hear it so we can all encourage one another and grow as a community. Feel free to leave us a comment, subscribe on our podcast channel on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud, whatever you choose, we have it all there for you. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope you learned something. We had a lot of fun talking about it beforehand and we'll continue to have those conversations, but let's have them together. Until next time.